Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Glad I didn't pay 300 bucks to get in the building tonight, huh? I was looking at it last minute. I did the SNY Baseball Night New York show as I do Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. on SNY. And I was looking to potentially go to the Garden. Yeah, because like everybody else, we talked about it last night, the last couple of nights. I was excited and caught up in the moment and thinking, Kaner's debut, Garden's going to be lit, going to be an electrifying atmosphere out there. And I was watching the phone, checking the phone, and trying to figure out, if the tickets were going to drop, and usually I don't do that. I mean, you have the advantage if you're in the city and you could go, if you're really dedicated, you go to the game regardless and you say, all right, well, whatever the price is right before puck drop, I'm going to get it and go in. I didn't have that. I mean, I was in the city, but I don't want to take the subway up there and do all that. So I was looking, looking, looking. It was ridiculous. Standing room only, obstructed view only. The best seat I saw was like, the lowest I got was like 275 or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I am not paying 275 bucks to go see Rangers, Senators, regular season, otherwise meaningless game for nearly 300 bucks when I could spend that on round one or round two, as a matter of fact, of the postseason as I did a year ago. And I'm glad I didn't because it was a disappointment. And look, and we'll get to plenty of baseball stuff and the football stuff. Daniel Jones and his agent really starting to annoy me. I know it's maybe not Daniel Jones. What's going on? There's a moth in here. How does a moth get in here? Who brought that thing in here? Probably Evan. Uh, Anyway, it's flying around my face. It's kind of distracting. Um, We'll get to the baseball and football. Daniel Jones, and I know it's on him. Is his agent asking for more than $45 million a year? Yeah, okay. (laughs) I mean, come on. Giants are going to have some tough decisions to make here in the coming days, and hopefully they can work out a long-term deal with Daniel Jones and maybe keep Barkley on the franchise tag. But anyway, and, and Rodgers and the darkness and all that stuff. So we got the football, baseball. We got five hours to play with as we're going till 5 a.m. But with the debut of Patrick Kane, it was a, a massive letdown. Now, the crowd was great, and there was good energy in the beginning, and Kreider's breakaway goal. It's a bad loss. Can't lose to the centers. However, look at the circumstance that the Rangers are dealing with. Number one, Kane 
is not going to be the be-all, end-all savior. I mean, he's going to help the team, of course, once he gets going. But it's not just going to be, okay, flip the switch, put him out there, and all of a sudden he's going to go score you know, three goals or whatever it is in his, in his debut. Yeah, that'd be great if you wrote the story up like that. It doesn't work like that. And you saw last night that there is gonna, it's going to take time for the line to gel. It, you don't just throw new guys out there and expect it to be clicking right away, even if he was line mates with Panarin before in Chicago. That's years ago now. And not only that, it's a new team, a different line, new building, new atmosphere, different coach. And the biggest impact that it had, and it was a negative from Kane's perspective last night, was the power play. You heard Glant talk about it. They were trying to do, they're trying to be too nice. You can see it. Everybody wants, you don't want to be selfish. You don't want to become known as that selfish guy. Oh, yeah, who's this guy I think he is, Kane? He comes in. He's not He's uh, not passing the puck. All he does is shoot. Puck hog. The ring, and it wasn't just him. And the teammates also trying to get him involved. Too many passes on the power play. Too many passes in general. Because too many guys trying to be too nice and selfless. And that was a problem. You knew once the Rangers didn't score on the five-minute major, it was going to be a problem. Because that's an automatic for them. At least one. That's an automatic. So once that happened, and the power play obviously throughout the course of the night struggled, and it's a direct result of Patrick Kane coming in and is new to this line. So it's going to take some time to gel. Plus, they're shorthanded. No Lindgren. No Keandre Miller because of the suspension. So the Rangers are up against it to begin with being shorthanded. And then you throw a new guy into the mix. This is kind of a restart to a certain extent. And it's a good thing that they have some wiggle room in the Eastern Conference. They're not in danger of missing the postseason. they got to secure their spot, and they'll be a third seed uh, in that Metro division and, and likely face the Devils. And nobody's worried about that. And even you know the game coming up Saturday against Boston, it's not going to be something that fans should overreact to one way or another. Right now, this team's got to get themselves playing together, and it's going to take time for them to gel. The cohesiveness is the thing you want to see the rest of the way in the regular season. How they gel, how they start to come together, is their cohesion on their line, specifically power play one. That's what you want. And that was not there last night. And, you know, look, Halak, obviously Halak's been pretty good here, and you're not going to play Shesterkin back-to-back days so you're also judging a game with a back a backup goaltender. You can't do that. It's one loss. It happens. No big deal. But it is a major disappointment when you factor in the excitement surrounding Kane and surrounding the Garden and the Rangers. Even if he didn't do anything in the particular game last night, it would have been nice to see the Rangers get a win against a team that they are clearly better than. And, of course, Broussard, our old friend, um, uh, does his thing and comes up with a big game against his former team with a couple of big goals as you know he is a guy that you you hate to see be, I mean look you, you loved him as a ranger and it was a great trade Broussard and you know for Mika Zabinijad who turned into an absolute stub but Broussard of course coming back to hurt the uh, hurt the rangers in this spot anyway not a good night at the world's most famous arena rangers lose one no big deal but a disappointment with Patrick Kane We will get into the baseball stuff along the way as there was a couple of different things to take from spring training yesterday, whether it is the positives with the Yankees and Anthony Volpe. And uh, why don't don't we just put him in Monument Park already? Where Volpe, 
is talked about, oh, he's got it. Willie Randolph saying he's got it. He's got that it factor. And everybody talking about the hype and all that stuff. Um, Comparing him to Derek Jeter. I mean, come on. I think we need to dial it back a little bit with Anthony Volpe already. You know, Jason Dominguez is Mickey Mantle. Anthony Volpe is Derek Jeter now. Uh, Let's see them come up here and contribute before we start going out. Anyway, the Volpe stuff, and really I didn't get into it yesterday because we did all Patrick Kane and the Rangers yesterday, which is why just off the top I wanted to mention that. But we didn't get into any of the baseball with the Yankees lineup from yesterday where Aaron Boone had Hicks in there and Donaldson batting fifth. IKF was in there. Uh, An opening day lineup better make Yankee fans crazy. And with the Mets, there was some news, and I thought this was very interesting. This, to me, is a juicy sports debate, and it's been a one for a while with the six-man rotation. And, you know, the idea the Athletic had the report that the Mets are going to be using a six-man rotation at some point. It's not a full-fledged six-man rotation, but they will go to the six-man rotation at times during the season to give their older starters a rest. And initially, you know, the thought is, I hate it because you have a team that's built with the rotation. You want to have the max amount of starts as you can from Verlander, from Scherzer, from Kodai Senga. But when you think about it, they're not going to do it the whole season. And if they do it in certain stretches where it's going to give guys a little bit of a breather, then maybe it benefits them long-term. It keeps them fresher, keeps them healthier. And you also know that if there's any rotation in baseball that should and could go with the six-man rotation, it's the Mets. Because the two guys atop the rotation, we know about you know the 40-year-old and all that stuff. Kodai Senga is coming from Japan where he's used to a six-man rotation, Oh, and by the way, the Mets have Tyler McGill and David Peterson that can be six or seven starters, assuming health in that rotation. Obviously, health is a big assumption. Usually, these things work themselves out. But even if they did have somebody on the shelf, they still have enough to be able to go to a six-man rotation. But I thought that that was an interesting uh, concept or, or thought where you know they're looking over the analytics, the Mets and their analytical department, mapping out the schedule and going over all the different games. And you then see, you know, where they're going to try to insert a six-man rotation. You know, Buck's got this thing mapped out basically through October. You just don't know if he's, is he assuming wild card or is he looking at the divisional round right out of the gate? But it's nice to see them planning ahead and being smart about things. Like I said, initial thought is, what the hell are you doing, six-man rotation? You're paying guys. And by the way, this is why... You shouldn't pay guys or pay the rotation, the starting rotation, as much as the Mets did because you're talking about investing in that rotation. It's their strength, $80 million between the top two guys in the rotation. Clearly, they're a team that's built with their starting pitching, and yet we all know how fragile starting pitching can be to a point where they are going to take their biggest investments and limit their appearances, as opposed to trying to get every little ounce they can out of them. Now, they're doing it for a couple of different reasons, but still, that's why, I mean, the point is that's why you'd build the team on the lineup instead or prefer to have that everyday lineup with a little more power than the Mets have right now in their lineup. 
That's what we talked about after last year because remember last year with the Mets, they were a team that was built to win with their pitching. And however they got there, they got to the final weekend or or final important series of the year with their starting pitching intact, lined up the exact way that they wanted to to go out there and clinch the NL East. And they got beat. And then again, they had a second life. They got beat again in the wild card round with that same starting pitching that they were built to win with. So why then, as we talked about in the offseason, okay, well, that just happened. You had everything lined up the way that you wanted to and you still got beat. Why continue to build in that rotation without having maybe a little more of a balance? And I think they're a good team and a balanced team to a certain extent, but clearly their strength is starting pitching when it should be the lineup. The better teams, the more consistent teams, the teams that kind of limit the risk are built better in the lineup. Figure out the pitching as you go. Have a, a workhorse or have an ace if you can at the top, but figure the rest of it out as you go. Make sure you have that lineup to go out there and rake. That's how the Yankees have done it. Now, obviously, the Yankees have added that rotation is legit this year, one of the best in Major League Baseball. But the Yankees do it with a lineup that wins in the regular season all the time. The Mets don't have that. Their lineup is thin. And if one guy goes out, they're screwed. One of the key guys. So they're built on their rotation, and they even themselves realize that They may need to go to a six-man rotation to keep guys healthy, keep guys fresh, and maybe get the most out of an aging Scherzer, an aging Verlander, and Kodai Senga, who came over from Japan used to the six-man rotation. Anyway, so we started with the Rangers with Patrick Kane and his debut, which fell flat in front of the Garden Faithful. We got into a little baseball. Whatever it is that's on your mind really on this Friday, everything's up for grabs. I'll get into the football a little bit later on. Mets, Yanks, spring training, and all the thoughts from that as we get closer and closer. What are we now, like 28 days, something like that? You don't get caught up in the numbers this early on, but there's a lot of positives from both sides. And, you know, there's hope going into the year, and there's going to be positives coming from spring training. You just hope to stay healthy and get through that. Uh, the WBC nonsense, we could uh, get into that as well with Edwin Diaz. So there's a lot to get to baseball-wise. We didn't, you know, we did a lot on the Knicks last night as we opened the show with them. They have a big game again. Every game for them is going to be a big one down the stretch. Big game tonight, taking on the Heat. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 